Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com All right. Hello, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Radio 5G. This is Michael Henry Dunn here with the one and only Nancy Hopkins. And we are here to entertain, uplift, inspire, and reveal. Right, Nancy? <laughs> oh, at least that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that chuckle, that sort of... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we're going to do our best this morning. Anyway, so... Um, a week or so ago, I came, maybe a couple of weeks, I came across um, this really uh, impressive recording that we're going to share with you today. And you can find it at a website called sharetheprophecy.com. And uh, this is from a clairvoyant counselor who lives in Hawaii, sharing her experiences over the last 20 years, particularly the last 10 of a uh, vision of uh, the future of humanity and our planet. And this involved um, visitations from high-level extraterrestrials and um, repeated, very specific, highly detailed visions of what is coming uh, specifically for the planet. And... You know, we've all heard a lot of different uh, kind of prophecies going around. We've all heard about uh, the so-called ascension. We've heard about, you know, waves of light hitting the earth. Every 12,000 years, we're going into this cloud, and our DNA is getting upgraded, and the bad guys don't want it, and the whole uh, pandemic is part of that. Um, there are a lot of these elements here, but the specifics of it and the credibility of it uh, are very compelling, and it's getting shared widely and having a big impact. So, um, anyway, Nancy, what what was your impression of it? I'm sorry, what was that last question? Um, well, so we're going to share this. It's not a oh. clip, it's like an hour. But I was just asking what your impression of, um, of this prophecy and the woman who shared it. She's chosen to remain anonymous, which I really appreciate. This isn't about her trying to make herself a big deal or a profit or, you know, take my three-part How to Ascend series for $300, like some folks. Um, anyway, so what what was your impression when you first heard this? Well, I think she's telling the story that most of us have about what we're seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, about what we're seeing happening. Um, it was her presentation and the way that she uh, was able to her present. <clears throat> Jeez, I got a frog in my throat. I haven't said anything to anybody for you know. I just yeah, you see a swamp. There's too many yeah. frogs. You swallowed a frog. Uh, oh I my don't know god! Think she'll die. But you got all sorts of different people telling their story of what they see happening now and what they see going to happen, from um, you know doctors to all the people that Carrie Cassidy brings into her, um, you know, environment. Uh, people like that, you know, just 
some of them really off the wall and some of them are very scientific and you know but this woman is bringing the metaphysical story you know this is what i see from a totally metaphysical standpoint she says she did not she was not researching this she wasn't it wasn't a political thing to her she you know whether people were getting vaxxed or not vaxxed didn't matter to her your your mic is open um so the way that she presented it was based it was all intuition and she says this you know because it was uh an hour and a half long and to make it for this show i cut out this description that she was giving about you know how how she was approaching this the hour and seven minutes eight minutes that i were going to play is very much just focused on the prophecy itself so you can you know if you're resonating with it go to the website and you can download what what i think happened was that she is known in some some area she is known and she sent the prophecy to her people clients friends you know probably not family and um somebody one of those people put it out so people know who she is right. it's just that they're not saying it and she like i say what i found um very enlightening and 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 kind of um i, I don't know kind of like joyful and happy even though we talk about the same things it was her metaphysics it was her complete commitment to the fact that this is spiritual information i I'm not a conspiracy person. I don't care what you do. This is what I'm seeing. And she being told too. She said, you know, she's getting a lot of this information from some well she'll tell you about how she gets some of it. But she gets it from talking to other beings. So right. anyway, you want to start it? Um yeah, so let's roll with this. And again, this is from sharetheprophecy.com. Uh it's gonna be about an hour long. And then we will rejoin you to uh, dive in and explore it. Here we go. Now this vision, though profound, is not the only reason why I'm making this audio. But it is the seed of the most recent series of visitations, visions, and downloads about the state of the world and the potential future that I want to share with you. And for you to understand it in its entirety, I need to share some key points of experiences I had leading up to them. In 2017, I was visited by a new group of beings that I would come to know as Lemurians, who I also believe are very similar to the groups that are called the Nordics, Pleiadians, Tall Whites, or Agarthans. They have been a big part of an ever-expanding team of interdimensional beings who have been in regular communications with me in order to help me prepare for the changes that were coming. The initial message in our first meeting was, The world as you know it is about to change. The veils of illusions will dissolve, and all truths will be revealed. They showed me the progress of humanity across all time, and how we have been moving along little by little for eons. There was a destination that we were always headed towards that they showed me as a sort of portal that functioned much like the drain in a tub. As we were floating along towards it, and the closer we got, the more momentum we would experience from its pull. We would begin to accelerate faster and faster, but once we crest the actual lip of its opening, the momentum will seem near instantaneous as we are pulled through the portal, in comparison to the whole journey it took to get there. They explained to me that we have now reached the crest of the lip, and things were about to change very quickly. 
they prompted me that it was very important I prepare by doing as much personal spiritual healing and development as I could, as there wasn't much time left before these changes would take place. In early 2019, I would be visited by them again, and they came in with another message. The curtains are open. It's showtime. They said there will no longer be veils between them and humanity, and those who are ready to connect will start being visited. There would be more sightings and more visitations happening all over the planet. In the fall of 2019, they urged I prepare and strengthen my energy as a huge shift was coming. To be honest, I was expecting something a little more uplifting, but what we got was a pandemic. In a matter of days, I saw the entire planet be pulled into a state of fear and panic, and a global shutdown ensued. We as a collective in our history have never experienced this kind of shock. I don't think anyone knew how to navigate their feelings with so much uncertainty around what was happening. This disease, a virus, could attack the lungs and suffocates its host. Suddenly we were forced to mask, constricting and confining our breath, as many were trying to get accustomed to breathing with fabric over our face. Civil unrest escalated and we saw race wars ignite after a black man was choked to his death by a police officer. Protests surged and people all over the country were holding signs saying, I can't breathe. Fires, unlike anything we've seen, devastated California, Australia, and Russia that were so huge the skies were completely blackened out with smoke, and images filled our screens with people wearing air purification masks to be able to survive the toxic conditions. I found myself continuously stunned to see how reflective this all was to the prophetic vision I saw in 2007. The almost instantaneous global spread of information, the unrest in the world, and the collective feeling of not being able to breathe. This theme of losing our breath permeated in every corner of our reality, being driven into our consciousness. And as we are all processing this new reality, information is crisscrossing the world, and people are sharing their insights and opinions. Just as the mainstream media had the power to lock the masses into a fear reality, it is that same media network that is connecting those who have an alternative perspective and have been voicing their observations around the awareness that things do not seem correct around the narrative. Is this what I saw so many years ago? Might this be a sign that we are getting close to the possibility of what I saw happening? But how does it happen? What initiates the shift? What calls in the light? I want to bring you back to February of 2020. I was driving in my car listening to the radio as I sometimes did, and a newscast came on as they normally do. But this time something was different. I saw a black smog of energy start billowing out of my speakers, and as it filled the air around me, this feeling of dread and fear started to creep into my heart and consume my whole being. This darkness had a consciousness in it. I've dealt with dark entities enough to know how to protect myself from them immediately, as this is the nature of my profession to know these things. And as I was so distracted warding off this entity, totally caught off guard by what I was experiencing, that I didn't really register what it was I was actually hearing on the radio. It took me a minute to understand that what I was seeing and feeling and hearing were all connected. It was the very first newscast about COVID-19 that I heard. Every facet of my being in that moment was screaming at me to pay attention. What I was witnessing was not right. There was something malevolent behind whatever the news was speaking of. It felt dark and had a consciousness in it that seemed evil. I remember thinking, whatever they're talking about has something sinister fueling it, and I decided right in that moment, as instructed to do so by my guides, to be cautious of this information as it is not what it seems. 
and it is this initial experience that has prompted me to have a huge dose of skepticism around anything the mainstream media was telling us about the virus. In fact, I knew that everything I would do from that point forward would be guided solely by my intuition and not by the accepted narrative. Before I dive deeper into this, I want you all to know that I am aware that what I'm about to say may be triggering for many, especially depending on how one may have navigated their pandemic experience. I'm not here to offer a scientific or medical perspective, and it is not my intention to associate my perceptions with any specific conspiracy theories that may align with what I see. But I am here to share my spiritual and metaphysical viewpoint. My understanding is sourced from spirit and the higher consciousness beings that communicate this information to me, and is also based on the energies I perceive as a clairvoyant surrounding the virus, the vaccine, and its effect on humanity. I don't judge anyone who differs from me in their perception or process of the situation, but I cannot help but stand by my own truth. And as I watched the deepening intensity of this global experience unfold, I held myself in a light of compassion the best I could for those who are being consumed by the fear and remained silent, even though my intuition kept telling me there was a lot of untruths being told to us about it. Out of respect to those who were targeted in the at-risk groups and being considerate of those who are easily crippled by fear, and fully recognizing that there is a disease that is killing people, I kept my intuitive opinions to myself and only shared my true perceptions to those that I knew felt the same way as me. During the shutdown, many conspiracy theories began to surface, and some of those who work with me as an intuitive guide came to me with their concerns of a hidden agenda behind the pandemic. I will tell you that I had no interest in fueling fears of any kind, whether they were around the mainstream narrative of COVID itself or the conspiracy theories that surrounded it. My intuition was enough for me. I didn't feel the need to try to understand why it is I felt darkness behind it, what the source of that darkness was, and what was its true intention. It could have been anything, and I believe that spirit will tell me what I need to know when it is necessary to know it. As I saw it, the message I got was clear enough. It's driven by a dark energy, do not engage with the fear it's spreading, and remain focused on the light. That, in my opinion, was all I needed to hold on to in order to move through it. I did not force this perception on others. In my work, I have to hold space for everyone, even if their perception differs from mine. And it is my job as I see it to give people the tools that they need to remedy the anxieties and fears they're facing. If any of my clients ask me of my opinion of what they should believe, I always told them it is not my responsibility to make choices for you, but I guided them on how to attune their energy to their higher self in order to know what aligns with them from a place of love rather than fear. I always encouraged anyone to follow their own guidance and discern for themselves what is in their highest good. This is the same process I use for my own decision making. When the vaccine became available, I tuned in with my guides and had always felt a very clear no, that it is not necessary for me to take it, as I get a strong sense that it would not benefit me and that I would in fact have an adverse reaction to it. I didn't need to know why, I just trusted it, and I didn't feel it was my responsibility to try and understand it for anyone else. I'm telling you this because I want to make it clear that my choices were not motivated by anything other than my own intuition. When being informed about things, there are certain times when there is a clear yes in resonating with what I'm hearing, and there are times when I feel it is not entirely correct. And within both sides of the mainstream and conspiracy viewpoints of the virus and vaccine, I felt overwhelmed by the information, so I always came back to my own inner guidance. It also helped that I always had a very strong vision of our ultimate future. I've seen versions of this vision more times than I'm recounting to you here. 
and spirit has always told me that though dark and scary to witness these processes that we must go through as a collective are necessary to get us to the ultimate reality i'm continually reminded to trust that we are headed to something greater and to not get distracted by the insanity unfolding around me they always emphasize the importance of holding on to the vision of the final outcome and that by getting consumed in the fear was a disservice not only to myself but the collective fear i was consistently told was the ultimate illusion and the biggest block that we have to go through as a collective because of this understanding i've always tried to relate to others that it didn't matter what side of the narrative you were on the most important thing we can do is to keep our frequencies as high as possible to remain in a state of love and compassion towards one another and to not feed into anything that perpetuates fear the game of sides and division that the people are playing amongst each other is just a distraction a way of keeping your energy engaged with negativity and fear rather than keeping it focused on a more positive and hopeful outcome remember that in march of 2021 i spent a month in peru working with shamanic medicines during an ayahuasca ceremony i was visited by a new et that i had not encountered before she appeared before me in full clarity she had a luminous skin in shades of deep blue very large almond-shaped eyes filled with bright blue irises and a white gold and pearlescent undulating geometry of light centered in her forehead that seemed to breathe with consciousness as she spoke she communicated with me telepathically but her words were as clear to me as if someone was speaking out loud and the voice i heard was that of a well-toned gentle and wise feminine voice she reached into my third eye and i felt her recalibrating things I was a bit stunned at her sudden appearance, but captivated by her beauty and deeply loving and compassionate presence. What are you doing? I asked her. We are upgrading you so that you will be able to better communicate with us in the future. There will come a time when we will call upon you to assist us. Who are you? I asked. We are Octurians, she said. I've heard of them before, and I believe I had experienced them from a distance, though this was the first time I had seen one up close, and the first time I've had a direct communication with one. She then proceeded to brief me on the galactic politics, on what was happening to our planet and the intentions they had for our near future. As she divulged this information, a screen of images would play before my eyes to illustrate what she was speaking of. This is what she said and what I saw. Your planet has been under the control and influence of a powerful group of beings with a very dark agenda. They have now been dismantled. I then saw images of what looked to be a military-like invasion where many people were being arrested and imprisoned. In the commotion of it, I could not make out what they looked like, meaning if they were human or not, but they felt incredibly powerful and it was obvious their energy was very dark. You may even say evil. Well, this is great, I said. So you're telling me we've been freed? I never questioned that there was an elite group of very wealthy and very powerful people that controlled the planet, and I was thrilled at the prospect of what this could mean if they had been taken down. Her response was somber and direct. That was the easy part. What is to come is much harder. Your planet does not know yet that they have been enslaved, nor do they know that they have been freed, and we must now undo all that they have done. There is a great deal of healing that needs to take place. There are meetings happening as we speak about how to best inform your planet that this has happened. I then saw groups of various ETs sitting at large conference tables with humans, some ETs I was familiar with, many I could not recognize. I could feel the gravity of importance of these conversations being had amongst these groups. She then said, The date has been set and it cannot be undone. And when she said this, I saw the skies were filled with ships of all shapes and sizes all over the planet. 
I knew that there would come a day when these galactic beings would no longer shield their presence from humanity, and all beings on earth were going to see them in their fullness, uncloaked and unhidden from our awareness. She then explained, There are groups of ETs who have decided when it is that they will reveal themselves to humanity, but the consciousness of your planet is not yet ready to receive them. As you sit now, if they were to show up in this way today, chaos would ensue and fear would cripple the masses. There would be aggressive attacks towards us and amongst your own people, and there will be mass suicides because our presence would be too shocking to those who have deeply ingrained belief systems. People would not be able to handle the extremity of this reality brought before them. There is no way, as we see it, to completely avoid the shock your people will endure, but we are coming up with a plan that we hope will greatly soften the blow. As she told me this, I saw images of the potential reality she spoke of. And I promise you it's no kind of reality that we want to have. It looked like a global war zone. She then explained to me that they have had the ability to see the future. And they have been trying to work with the people of Earth in order to guide us through this global awakening and bridge us back to the cosmic connection that has been severed from us. They have been slowly integrating the consciousness of humanity to get accustomed to the presence of ships, advanced technologies, and ETs most of which she said happen in the dream time and by influencing those who have created stories and imagery of a reality where we are living in a unified universe there have also been people on earth that have known of this plan and they have been injecting this awareness as much as possible through our media she also said that there are many et incarnates on our planet who are part of this galactic plan who are playing out human lives and they are now being awoken and reactivated to the original mission so they can assist humanity as we acclimate to this new world that we are headed to. I understood that I was one of them. She also explained that those who have had control of this planet also could foresee the potential future and much of what we are experiencing today has been part of a plan that has been in momentum for thousands of years. She explained that much like a high-speed train, we cannot stop it in its tracks. It would be calamity. Part of the process of this awakening requires them to allow the trajectory of the original plan to continue to play out as they finalize how it is they will disclose to our planet the truth of our reality. She said that most of the people that we consider to be leaders of Earth are not fully aware of their participation of this enslaved reality we are in. She said that they have a warped belief that what they are doing is good though their consciousness lacks the ability to see how what they are doing is in fact oppressing the people, because many of them are operating at a frequency that makes them susceptible to lower-level entity influences. She assured me that behind the scenes there is a team of galactic beings who very much desire the best possible outcome for our planet, and they are working hard on our behalf. She said that they were sharing this with me, because there would come a day that they will want me, and others like me, to help humanity understand who they are and why they're here so they can better integrate and soften the shock that they will encounter as this disclosure unfolds. As you can imagine, I was overwhelmed with this information and immediately questioned if this was actually happening. This experience was the furthest thing from what I thought would happen during my ceremony. I have done ceremonies in the past and all of them have been centered around healing things that were personal. This is the first time anything of this nature had ever happened to me during a ceremony. And when I began to question if I had just heard and experienced what I did, she said, let's go over it again. And she continued to reiterate the entire conversation. I asked more questions in order to deepen my understanding of how it all worked, and her answers were clear and direct and never skipped a beat. 
Yet after the second, more in-depth review, I still had a very difficult time wanting to accept what I was seeing. I wasn't sure how I could move on in life knowing this and having no one else around me know it too. And so she walked me through it a third time. It was after the third review that I told her, okay, I accept, and I will do what is necessary to be the best of service when it is time. While still in Peru, I visited Machu Picchu, and I was approached by a group of beings I associate with the Lemurians. They showed me many things, but most importantly, they informed me that they had been stewarding that region far before humans ever acknowledged its existence. I saw them there as they have always been, helping to channel out energies from a multitude of ley lines that they said intersected in those mountains. Their purpose has been to help maintain these channels, so built-up earth energies would not completely overwhelm the planet. They told me that in the entirety of their history there, the frequencies are now much higher than they have ever been. In June of 2021, I traveled from my home to California for a month-long visit. Going to Peru was a spiritually focused journey, so vibrationally the energy was quite open and I felt safe. It didn't feel like much of a contrast from the tropical environment I was used to, and I remained in the jungle isolated with an intimate group almost the entire time, so I never felt bombarded by the collective energies of the people there. But in just a few short months since that trip, the vaccine had been rolled out and most everyone already had gotten their shots. I had no pre-existing expectations of what my visit to California would be like, outside of looking forward to seeing friends and family that I have not seen since before the pandemic started. In fact, my trip to Peru was so easy, in spite of the extra protocols, that I assumed traveling in the States was going to be much easier. What I got was a spiritual wake-up call. I look back now and see the true purpose of that trip was to give me perspective on how distorted the energies really were. I am someone who becomes very accustomed to the frequency of the places that I live, and when I put myself in new surroundings, I tend to be ultra-sensitive to the places I go, because from my clairvoyant perspective, there is a stark difference in all aspects of energy, especially coming from the islands of Hawaii. Hawaii is a very powerful vortex in itself, so coming from there to anywhere always requires a bit of an adjustment. But this is not new to me. It's always been this way, and I've traveled back and forth between California and Hawaii countless times over almost 20 years, but this time it was different, shockingly different. When I landed in California, I was horrified by what I saw around me. I instantaneously saw this dreadful energy cloaking everything. It looked like this massive black cloud, and I felt these tentacle-like appendages reaching out and trying to grab onto me and pull me into its darkness. What was so alarming is that this cloud felt like it had a consciousness to it, and at moments I could see these beady red eyes looming at me. Its agenda was to make me succumb to fear. Seeing demons or parasitic entity attachments on people is not new to me. It's a visual burden I don't often describe because I don't think people want to know that energies like this exist. But this was on another level. I have never seen anything of this caliber. An entire building, yes. Maybe even a massive land, I've seen an entity like darkness overwhelm it. But an entirely densely populated city, and everyone within it? I was deeply disturbed, and it was challenging to process. But in my work, I am often required to help people dispel dark energies, so I understood immediately what I was dealing with, and felt confident in my ability to keep this energy at a far enough distance that I would be able to energetically breathe. What was sad was having to observe everyone else who was consumed by it. 
They looked sickly, pale, with a gray film over them, looking as though the life-force energy had been sucked out of them. There was sadness and fear in everybody's face, and everyone moved around like masked zombies in a haze. Every place I went had a giant TV blasting the news channels, and all it talked about everywhere you went was COVID, deaths, a deadlier variant, and how dangerous it was if you didn't get the vaccine. Even as I was trying to enjoy my meals in restaurants, this horrible dialogue filled the room of death and fear, and no one seemed to care. This energy was reminiscent of the black fog I saw billowing out of my speakers the first time I heard a radio newscast about COVID. I'm seeing how they are pumping this energy everywhere through the media, and everyone is lost in its hypnotic trance. They had fully acclimated to this reality. All I kept thinking was, how are these people not seeing what's happening to them? It was profound to witness how desensitized they had become. As I traveled north out of the city, one by one I reconnected to old friends, people I've known for huge lengths of my life, though I've not seen them in years, and as can be expected, people change. But the changes I saw this time were not positive. In fact, I saw the same depleted fear like a gray film glazed over almost anyone I saw. Friends that I knew to be courageous and powerful were now living in a life of recluse and anxiety because of how traumatized they'd been with dealing with the fear around the virus. Friends who I admired for their rebellious nature and commitment to living an alternative lifestyle, who abandoned the mainstream expectations of how one should live, eating vegan or organic, supporting local farmers, healing their bodies with holistic practices as to not support big pharma, to choosing homesteading and growing their own, and shopping local rather than support big box chains, were now so proud to announce to me that they got their vaccine and how great it is that we can get back to normal now. I could actually feel the recoil in some of them when I told them I didn't get it, nor would I ever. I honestly didn't have an opinion about anyone's personal choice. When I felt that they had it towards me and mine, I felt offended, and could see how easily someone could be pressured to follow the crowd, as it was just easier that way. This was deepening my awareness of how intense this whole situation had been and how desperate people must have been feeling to find relief from their fear. I realized very quickly that I had taken for granted what a beautiful vortex of the islands that I live on. We're in the middle of the ocean, very isolated from the rest of the world, and when COVID was in its height, we simply stopped letting people fly in. The island I live on didn't even have one case of COVID for many months. It's a small landmass with a limited amount of people, and being an island, there's a sense of security in knowing that people just can't come in without anyone knowing. There's also salt water and clean air, which is constantly purifying stagnant energies. Also, the cultural aspect, as it is one of the only states that is mostly indigenous, and they have still carried their traditions, which are deeply mystic and spiritually grounded, and permeate everything. So all this combined meant that the collective energies of fears were always being balanced by this very powerful healing vortex, and I had the good fortune to have been living there while we were adjusting to the pandemic reality. In contrast, when going to the mainland, People are on one giant mass of land that lacks clean waterways to help move energies, with many very populated, congested, and sometimes polluted areas, and with a mass of people who do not align on their spiritual practices, if they have any at all. This combined was a much denser frequency and was not equipped to transmute as much of that fear energy that was being fed into it. After weeks of being on the mainland, I noticed a change in myself. 
I was beginning to get ultra paranoid about sanitation, germs, and touching anything. I've always maintained good hygiene practices, especially since the pandemic, but this had escalated in me to a paranoid level. And though I noticed it, I kept justifying it because I was now in a much more populated area with all kinds of people who I don't know where they had been. My psychosis had gotten so bad that I started developing odd headaches and the slightest tinge of a symptom would have me whirling in panic. After about three weeks in California, I had convinced myself that I possibly contracted some sort of brain parasite because of the nature of the headaches and that my vision had been failing for quite a while, but I'm only now noticing because it seemed though I was going blind. My vision was blurrier and blurrier by the day. This wasn't something I thought maybe was happening. I was convinced it was happening. I was in a constant state of anxiety and energetically exhausted. To my good fortune, I unexpectedly encountered a shamanic healer who did a treatment on me. She focused her work around my head. I felt her gathering this sludgy energy from my heart chakra up, and when she had collected the bulk of it, she began to peel it off my head. My left eye popped through the muck, and it was like this light and color flooded into my vision. Immediately I could see crystal clear through that one eye. It was in that moment that I understood that all the symptoms I was feeling was something that was outside of myself and not actually me. She continued to remove this energy and it was an instantaneous night and day difference. It was as though the color of the world around me had been faded and as soon as she removed this energy it was like someone put the lights back on. The colors of the world saturated everything again and my brain literally felt like it was taking these deep full breaths of fresh air. I was breathing in light. My life force had flooded back into me. I felt amazing for the rest of the day, but by the end of the next day, I began to notice how I was being pulled back into the paranoid, fear-based perspective. Despite the definitive clarity, I now had that these feelings were not from me. This is how powerful this energy is. By the time I got back to Hawaii, I plummeted into a dark hole of hopelessness, despair, and anxiety to a point that I remained bedridden. It was a spiritual hell. This is not my character at all. I do not battle with anxieties and fears in this way. I eventually had to get energy healing from someone else to get me through it. I discovered that I had acquired an energetic parasite. It was latched in my back between my shoulders. This energetic parasite was feeding on my energy and pulling me into a hopeless, disempowered fear state. As soon as it was removed, everything instantaneously went back to normal. No more paranoia, anxiety, or hopelessness. I was horrified at the strength and intensity of this parasite and stunned at how it was able to make its way into my energy field. Parasitic attachments cannot attach to someone if they are full of light and operating at a high frequency. That light and flow within the soul matrix protects it from lower density energies and entities. I generally can keep my energy strong enough, and if I feel myself fall off balance, my clairvoyant sense allows me to catch when energy is off and do what is necessary to remedy the issue before it becomes a bigger problem. The collective fear cloud was so enormous, it wore me down to the point of fragility and vulnerability that an energetic parasite was able to latch in. I am pretty confident on my ability to hold my boundaries and protections up, and if this can happen to me, I now understood why everyone looked as they did in California. And if it had me for as long as it did without me realizing what it was, it made me wonder how many other people were afflicted with this and are totally unaware. 
that they are going through the motions of their life adjusted to the bleakness and drain of the experience because everyone around them are also in the same fog. There's not enough contrast to see it for what it is. I believe that trip was divinely placed so I would get a super clear understanding of the spiritual nature of this battle we're in. So everything I've explained to you is what I felt was necessary for you to know before I tell you about the last contact and download of the potential future that I see. It is still very much in alignment of what I had already seen over the years, but this time I was given a more detailed understanding of how it actually unfolds. Within it were key messages for humanity and guidance on how to move through it in the best way possible. And it is because of this that I feel compelled to share it at all. I ask you to consider that if what has been asked of us individually to support this vision is in the realm of possibility for you to align to, it would be but a small effort on your part that could potentially elevate you and those around you regardless of whether this unfolds exactly as I saw it. It takes the effort of many to see us to a better future no matter what that path may be. And once again I tell you I do not claim that this is absolutely how it's going to happen. But from my point of view, I have been given these powerful visions, and so I must stand by my experiences, because they are as real to me as anything. And if I get to the end of this life, and this has not transpired in even the slightest reflection of what I'm about to say, then I will humbly be the first to admit that I was wrong. Though I must tell you, I rather go my whole life with the hopeful belief in this as a possibility than go one day with the feeling of uncertainty and hopelessness without it. I told you about my feelings and experiences around COVID and the vaccine for a reason. I wanted to let you know how it is that I formulated my perception and choices based solely on intuition, but was unattached to trying to understand why I felt as I did. I've been holding space for everyone's different viewpoint, so none of what people wanted to assume about COVID and the vaccine really mattered to me. I just trusted that we would end up in a better place. I tell you this because what I'm about to say is not what I expected nor wanted to be told. They, meaning the ETs, angels, and spirit guides who give me this information and visions, told me that the virus was created. It was created by a group who wanted to control humanity through fear, because with fear they can assume power over the people. They said that this virus was already on its way out, that it had always had a natural expiration date, and it is losing its hold on us. We have already moved through the peak of what it could do to us, and it won't be long until it is no longer able to be used as the catalyst to keep us fearful of each other. They said that while it does have the ability to kill people, its effect on the whole of humanity could be compared to a scratch, not like the big, gaping, festering wound that the narrative has been pumping to the public, portraying it to be untreatable and far more dangerous than it actually is. So they could justify taking the insanely extreme measures that they have, which has disempowered us as a people and systematically stripped us of our basic human rights. They said that those who have created this know full well that they have a very limited amount of time left to utilize COVID as a reason to enforce their true agenda, which is the vaccine. Well, doesn't the vaccine help, I asked. They then showed me a frightening image of a wealthy old man with fistfuls of sharp syringes dripping with the vaccine and a crazy enraged look in his eyes, violently and repetitively stabbing them down upon the people. I was horrified. Why? I asked. Why are they so desperate for people to take this vaccine? What is in it? 
They then told me in a way I could comprehend, because I am not a doctor or a scientist, and I do not have the vocabulary or understanding of things of this nature that they could have pulled from my awareness to help explain it. This is what they said and how it was shown to me, that there are particles in the vaccine that when injected into the body, they disperse through the system and distort the electromagnetic frequencies, misaligning the current of light force energy that moves through the energy body. More or less, the soul matrix, this intricate web of sacred geometric energy lines that feeds source energy into our light bodies, that has the ability to invigorate the chakras and heal the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical body, as well as enhance our psychic abilities and intuition, and integrate downloads and guidance from source, are being blocked by the particles that are in the vaccine. It halts people's energy that are on the pathway to ascension from accelerating into higher frequencies or locks people into a lower vibrational frequency that they are already in. It hinders them from accessing source energy, which aggravates and amplifies the fear energy that brought them to taking it in the first place. So rather than conquering the fear that they should have felt from the security of being protected by the vaccine, it only created more of it therefore luring people into supporting the act of continued separation, segregation, superiority over others, and complacency in following the narrative without question. But all is not lost. Because they told me that the power it has to suppress our light bodies is weak, so long as the host consciously rewires their energy back into its original alignment. They told me that those who already have a more holistic lifestyle and spiritual practice and intuitive awareness would naturally rewire themselves back, meaning those who have been diligent on eating clean, like an organic or more plant-based diet, and have kept their bodies free of things like chemicals and pesticides, who care for their physical bodies with things like exercise and yoga, and people who meditate regularly and often or see energy healers will be able to reroute their energy flow and come back into their original alignment. The vaccine particles over time will no longer affect them, but it will halt their progression in integrating more with the light until they have achieved full realignment. For those that have no spiritual practices or tools, those are the people of concern. Those are the ones who are going to be continually affected by its ability to block the prana, chi, or life force energy, whatever you want to call it. And over time, this will continue to oppress the energy body, making it harder for them to tap into their own intuitive guidance, feel hopeful, empowered, to spiritually advance, and eventually heal their own bodies as effectively as it naturally should. And as uncomfortable as it is to bring you this insight, knowing that it might challenge so much of what you've been told or made to believe, it is necessary because it only takes conscious awareness of what has been done and an intentional initiation of some basic spiritual practices to reset the system back to its origin. But it cannot happen unless you do the work. To be clear, I do not claim that there is nothing of benefit possibly interlaced within the vaccine that has the ability to resist the virus. I'm not even telling you that you shouldn't take it. But for those of you who are considering it, or already have, all I'm saying is be aware of what you are doing to your system by injecting this into your body. Just like many modern medicines, there is a list of side effects, which is sort of like the price you have to pay in order to get the perks. What I'm telling you is that the side effect is oppressive to your frequency and will sever you from light force energy. So might we not wonder, why would they want to do such a thing to humanity? And why would they want to do it now?
The ETs answered this for me. They showed me that our planet has been moving throughout our galaxy, and the trajectory of its movement is taking us through some very high frequencies that exist beyond the borders of Earth. They showed it to me like brilliant ribbons of light that were delicately caressing the planet. These energies are like a healing massage, activating the consciousness of humanity, and the acceleration of these high vibratory fields are breaking up deeply embedded, stagnant, and stuck energies, not only within the planet but our soul bodies, as well as the collective. Because these cosmic ribbons of light are dislodging the compacted energies of lifetimes of traumas and suffering, there is a lot of emotional wounds manifesting in the individual realities and in the collective realities. Meaning, unresolved traumas are coming to the surface and being forced to be purged. Individually, this would show itself as challenges within our relationships, health and well-being, forcing us to address truths about our personal imbalances that may be uncomfortable and disheartening. We are also seeing this as racial, cultural, political, and sexual imbalances that have been buried and oppressed for too long, and now is rearing its ugliness into the conscious awareness of humanity. These energies are being forced to be addressed and healed for the masses. It also manifests as catastrophic natural disasters and climate change, all of which has escalated to a point of great concern. This is a massive healing purge, and as you know, when we are overcome with sickness, the purge we must endure for wellness is not always pleasant, but it is usually followed by a great flush of relief. We are in the purging part of this shift right now. It is happening before our eyes, and the intensity of its expulsion is going to be overwhelming for the masses. Just as our bellies twist and churn before we have to heave and heave again, our planet and humanity as one oversoul is experiencing this painful process now. I can't express enough that this is all an unpleasant but necessary part of the process. Those who have over their many lifetimes been doing the work on the soul level will not be as adversely affected by these energies as much as those who still carry a great deal of density within them. It is unfortunate to say that most people on the planet are still very much burdened by the karmic load and have not done the work or have not been able to do enough of it that they are now experiencing distress, unrest, and despair in a variety of ways, however it is meant to manifest as we go through this shift. They assure me that everyone, regardless of the experience laid before them, is in agreement to what their specific story is meant to be, because the negative experiences that many will go through are meant to balance them so their souls can ascend. They explain to me that this time now is deeply embedded into the hidden consciousness of all, that by divine design we would come to a time where these energies have opened up portals of healing and we might access this divine truth and do the work necessary in ourselves to dispel as much of the wounds of our spirits as possible in order to prepare for this great shift that there are groups of souls that have mastered their lessons that are here to assist their fellow humans in awakening their consciousness and healing their spirits so they too can elevate the collective energies and help us reach ascension faster in addition to this, there are many ET groups from all over the cosmos who have sent their own to incarnate as humans on the planet. And these starseed beings bring a very high frequency that has been working as a sort of template for the rest of humanity to align to, therefore also accelerating the shift. These starseed beings are volunteers. They are the groups that have helped bridge spiritual practices to humanity throughout our history that we now observe as spiritual pathways to enlightenment, and in more recent generations they have been the ones to revolutionize how it is we are living by teaching us how to exist more harmoniously with Gaia and each other. They injected art, music, technology, medicine, energy healing, and earth-saving practices into our realities. 
and the newest star seeds, the youngest group of children on the planet, are holding the highest frequency of all, because they are here to solidify the new way of being into our reality. Many star seeds are totally unaware that this is who they are. They may simply just have a desire to be good or do good for all, discreetly disguised as a human being on earth, stripped of the memory of who they truly are. But what is so unique about this specific time now is how these cosmic energies are affecting our consciousness and so many star seeds are being offered an opportunity to remember where they came from and what their original mission was. They are remembering that they came to assist in elevating humanity's consciousness to the next level of their spiritual evolution. They told me that just as the good are influenced by higher consciousness beings to inspire good things in the world, the darker energies do the same by working through those who live in a lower vibration. These lower vibrational humans are overcome by the trickster energies, and they are the ones that have been a part of inventing oppressive technologies and health practices, poisoning our food, our planet, or part of the group that inject art and music that hypnotizes people's consciousness into engaging with fear or self-serving and superficial behaviors. None of them are conscious that they are being manipulated and influenced for this purpose. The darker beings that orchestrated this pandemic know that our planet would be moving through these higher frequencies at this time, and that masses of people would begin to spiritually awaken very quickly, and that they would lose hold of the suffering of its people that they feed on. So they have been systematically preparing for countless generations so that in this time now, they would be able to limit our ability to be influenced by these ascension energies. They told me that if COVID had not happened, the acceleration of the collective consciousness would be very obvious across the planet. People's psychic gifts would be opening. They would be overcome with synchronicities, auric and intuitive phenomenon, and tap into their creator potential with amazing feats of positive manifestation. People would have a very clear lens to see through lies and illusion, and they would have a greater sense of love and compassion towards all living things. But the fog of fear created from COVID consumed the planet, like a collective consciousness experiment put upon us to be our own oppressors. Because they understand that we are powerful creators and that our thought consciousness creates the reality we exist in. And if we collectively agree that we are weak and want others to control how it is we live and think, then that is the reality we will continue to be a part of. Every self-limiting belief that we have adopted and adhered to within our souls throughout time is exactly what we have become. Thoughts like, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm talentless, I'm ordinary, I'm sick. All of these deeply embedded programs that we hold within our consciousness is what ultimately shaped the design of our lives. They told me that the biggest lie that has ever been put on humanity is that we are limited, that we are powerless, and that we are unworthy. And that if humans truly knew what we were capable of, we could instantaneously change the whole of our existence with one collective intentional thought. They showed me the earth, Gaia, our mother, as her divine feminine self, and she looked malnourished and was being brutally raped, mutilated, and overcome with disease. These afflictions that she endured were the collective atrocities that we were afflicting upon each other and the planet. The violence and abuse amongst the people, the ignorance and disrespect of the natural world, for every ounce of suffering any one person endures or inflicts, the mother suffers too. She is a reflection of our pain body. My heart and mine observe this terror being done to her, so heart-wrenching and painful to watch, and my protector spirit could only think to shout out, 
enough. No more. We are done. Feeling if I believed it enough, I could stop it. But the light of my belief seemed so small against the whole of all the negativity. The ETs then showed me that though I felt like my light was not strong enough to break through the whole of all the darkness, to hold my energy in the light is as potent as tens of thousands holding theirs in shadow, as even the smallest light can illuminate a sea of darkness. And though it seems that there are so many people consumed by the shadows of suffering, it takes far less of those who are truly aligned to the light to illuminate this world for all. Then to my surprise a UFO manifested above me a craft that was much larger and much closer than any I had ever seen, and almost as soon as I took it in and acknowledged its presence, it faded from my view. I immediately began to question if I saw it at all. It was as though there was this energetic exoskeleton of a massive, translucent craft the size of a football field hovering above me. It seemed as though if I stood up and chucked a stone in the air, I might hear a ting on the bottom of it, though I knew it must have been quite a bit higher in the sky. It was just so massive. I could make out the streamlined geometric shape of its exterior, and there was a bright flashing light that pulsed from its center, which was what grabbed my attention in the first place. Though I could not hear it, I sensed a deadening of sound in the space I observed it to be until it left. And though it was not fully manifested in the physical, because of my clairvoyant lens I was able to make it out enough to know it was there. And as I began to try to convince myself that I had in fact not just seen what I thought I saw, it swooshed by, now higher up in the sky, gliding just slow enough for me to make out that it was the same ship I just saw hovering above me moments ago. And even after the second time it manifested, I still took into question if this is what I was seeing. And it came back the other way and revealed itself to me just enough once more. And with that, they downloaded to me the purpose of this sighting. They told me that they wanted me to understand that they have the ability to be in super close proximity to us and we would not know that they are there. I suddenly had awareness that there were not only many ships in the sky, but there were many ETs of all different kinds all around me. Not in full third-dimensional manifestation, but enough for me to acknowledge that they were present. They told me that the borders that once existed between us and them are no longer hindering their ability to be close to us. But they said they are not going to descend to our third-dimensional plane that they are on standby in very close proximity waiting for us to ascend to their higher dimensional plane. And the more aligned we get into the higher frequencies, the more solidified they will become to our awareness. It sort of felt like the event was happening, but we didn't even know we were there or that it started. They explained that because they were in a higher frequency, that time did not move like it does in the third dimensional space. So what from their end seems momentary, might feel quite drawn out on our end, lasting many months, maybe years. And we are now in the window of time that as people start awakening and sort of popping into their dimension, they will be ready to seize our momentary shifts into their dimension to assist those that are awakening into this higher frequency reality. They said that they will not overwhelm people, as it will start subtly and will only be as much as each individual is ready to receive. They said it starts while we sleep with UFO and alien-like dreams and will elevate to the waking time with auric phenomenon, vibrations, orbs, ringing in the ears, the sense of presences, telepathic transmission, the feeling of upgrades and downloads, to sightings of UFOs, to partially solidified interfaces, and then eventually to fully embodied visitations. This acceleration of consciousness will happen 
over a phenomenally short window of time in comparison to the many thousands of years that we existed with extremely limited abilities. They said that there are some ET groups who have had the ability and purpose of manifesting in our third dimensional space, and those are the ones that have been part of the many recorded sightings and encounters priming humanity for this global awakening. They have served their purpose, but we are not only meant to align with them, as there are even higher density beings who have had no desire to drop into the dangerous and toxic conditions of the third dimension. They are waiting for our planet to evolve enough to be in coherence with them, and they have been doing all that they are able to in safely guiding us to this higher dimensional reality. I asked them if the world was ready to see them in their full manifestation, and they very sternly said no, like a not even close kind of no. And when I asked them if I was ready, they also said no, but I was more ready than most. Though I have had many more visitations and communications than most people, I do not exist with full awareness of their presence in my everyday. I still have a lot of personal work to do to be able to hold myself in close enough frequency with them to interface with them with unobscured clarity. To see and hear them as though they are as solidified as me is incredibly rare and does not last long. Once we all ascend, I understand that the connection will be constant and unabridged. They then showed me that the planet was essentially divided into three major groups. Group 1, the smallest group of all, those are the ones who have maintained their spiritual alignment and are awoken. They are committed to their spiritual faith and rely on their own intuitive abilities and believe in their manifesting power. They have not been swayed by the shadow forces and have easily sensed when untruths were being told. I saw them as spiritual guides, leaders, and light workers all around the planet. They have managed to keep their consciousness above the oppressive fear cloud by utilizing their spiritual tools and practices and are dedicated to being a voice of positivity and compassion in a reality where so many want to focus their energy on fears and judgments over others. Then there is group two, which is bigger than the first and they are the group that comprises of the truly dark, self-serving abusers, sociopaths, and psychopaths with purely evil intentions that are here to keep darkness and suffering in the world. And in group three, which is much larger than the first two groups, this group consists of the ones that are somewhere between the other two. They are the ones that are still struggling with the temptations and oppressions of shadow and their deeper desire to be truly good. Many in this group are actually well-intentioned beings who make good choices in life, but they are not spiritually awoken or understand that they are divine, infinite beings that are one with Source. They have bought into the illusion that they are limited and see the whole of their potential from a physical point of view. This is the group that has those that get caught up in the game of sides for seemingly good cause, but are unaware of how they are adding to the energy of shame and blame, separation and fear. This also includes the many who should be spiritually awakening now, but are being oppressed by the vaccine, as their frequency is being stifled in order to keep them buried under the fear cloud and separated from the light. Please understand that being vaccinated or unvaccinated does not determine which group you belong to. Your place is solely decided upon your level of spiritual consciousness. The ETs said that those of group one, the awakened ones, are going to continuously benefit from the high-frequency energies that are encompassing the planet. They assured me that there are more and more waking up, furthering their spiritual development by the second, that they are everywhere, and though they have not fully come forward or are openly talking about it, it is blossoming behind the scenes. 
You will know you are part of this group if in just the last few years you have seen your life lift and suddenly accelerate into a positive direction. You will have become more in alignment with your highest potential and you will be reaping the rewards of many things that you've been trying to manifest in your life. You will have noticed that despite the fact that there are so many who are suffering through the blow of the pandemic, you had somehow managed to be positioned in such a way that you were able to breeze through it without being totally devastated. You will have had an empowered surge to make a huge shift in your life, whether it be changing the quality of people you surround yourself with, the place you live, or your career, and find that you no longer have tolerance to anything that creates negativity of any kind in your life. You will also have had a perceived massive spiritual awakening or acceleration, and notice that your intuitive gifts have exponentially increased, observing the magic of synchronicities and manifestation all around you. You will have found yourself to be quickly and efficiently moving through your blocks, imbalances, and fears as you have the tools to get yourself back into alignment with your higher self and a greater truth, despite the hopeless fear mentality that saturates our world. And even though I did say that the vaccine would have had an effect of slowing this momentum down, because the awakened ones understand that they are energy and that they can shift their frequency, they are the ones that will realign themselves to be more in coherence with the light and be able to continue towards their spiritual advancement and ascension. They told me that this acceleration is going faster and faster by the moment and that we will see this group advance very quickly in a very short window of time. Their psychic gifts will be opening up in ways that are beyond our imagination, as they are the ones that the higher ETs are on standby to assist, teach, and upgrade as they lift into the higher dimensional reality. Because they are going to be so illuminated, the contrast and separation between them and those who remain stuck in the old, low vibratory frequencies is going to be more obvious than ever. It will be like a magnetic force of gravity where groups within like frequencies will begin to congregate. Those in the light group will be driven and inspired to spread the light in any way they can, facilitating healings, gathering in groups to teach and share these spiritual practices and truths. Their life will revolve around self-healing, healing of others, and the healing of the planet. Those who stay behind will add to the fear and exist in a space of hopelessness, depression, and anxiety and will feel powerless to pull themselves out of their own suffering. They will fear their future. They will pocket in areas that are set to experience social and political unrest and be bombarded with natural disasters, disease, and violence as well as experience struggles within their personal lives, soul groups, and communities. They will feel stuck and unable to transition out of their oppressive situations or lack the empowered will to create a better life for themselves. They will blindly bow to the pressures instilled by their governments and peers. Everything in their life will be a manifestation of the unresolved karmic energies or embedded emotional traumas that they were unable to work through. And because they are not benefiting from the ascension energies that are surrounding the planet, it will be difficult for them to navigate their healing of mind, body, and spirit with efficiency. Because they lack the empowered awareness that they could have shifted the density from them with these spiritual practices, they will have to go through manifesting their imbalances in the physical as these unfortunate experiences in order to balance the karmic debt their souls need to reach ascension. The contrast between these two groups will become so intense that it will be as though they are living in two different worlds, though they will be very much aware of each other. While one group is experiencing this incredible spiritual awakening and advancement, the other will not have the capacity to believe it. Though group one will be more aligned to have a smoother path in front of them, it will be incredibly difficult to witness the others go through the suffering. I was told that we are in this transition now, 
and have only seen the tip of what this extreme polarization will look like. It will be devastating to be in the suffering and devastating to observe it. When consciousness awakens, people will be reconnecting to their higher self, recalling their past incarnations, visiting with ETs, having full contact with their spirit guides, angels, and ancestors. There will be no sense of separation between them and their loved ones who have crossed over, as they will be able to see them and communicate with them in an even more lucid way than some of the best mediums can today. They will see the earth spirit and elementals, and may even tap into some superpowers like telepathy, telekinesis, levitation, and teleportation. This heightened awareness will make them ultra-sensitive to seeing all aspects of the energetic world, including energies that are out of balance, and this ability to see these distortions will make them effective healers, as they will be able to recognize where healing needs to take place and do what is necessary to facilitate it. They will help the earthbound spirits who have been trapped and unable to cross over, and support the living in opening up their energy bodies to integrate more light. The further they evolve, the more assistance and guidance they will receive from the beings within the higher dimensional planes. There will be some within this group that are more advanced and will act as pioneers and guides for those who are coming through right behind them. As the collective light from Group 1 amplifies, it will inspire some of those from Group 3, and this awakening will trickle in and pluck them from the shadows one by one, so that they too can join the collective effort to move towards true enlightenment. And the most amazing part of all is what happens next. When there are enough souls who have elevated to the full potential of their light consciousness, there is going to be a miraculous event. A divine consciousness will fill the world and permeate everything. It will speak from the sky, the earth, your own inner being, and at the same time will feel as though it has form and is speaking to you directly. This divine consciousness, an embodiment of unconditional love and source light energy, will fill the hearts and spirits of those who have opened their consciousness enough to receive it. It will invoke a call to action, and all at once those who can hear it will know exactly what they are meant to do. I do not know if it is individualized or if it is collectively all the same, but it felt as though everyone who heard this call aligned their intention at the exact same time to hold on to a vision of healing for the whole planet and all beings on it. This group are the ones who no longer carry any fear, doubt, or lack of worthiness in their hearts, who have an incredible faith in their vision of a better future, and believe in the power of their intention with such certainty that the potency of their prayer and vision cannot be obstructed by shadow. This divine consciousness, in combination with those that aligned to its call will illuminate the earth and everyone on it with a light of healing that purifies everything. The ETs explained to me that if right now, all at once, the entirety of everyone on earth was to stop destroying this planet and each other, the damage we have caused in this moment now is so unsurmountable that it would take a multitude of generations to reverse the devastation we have caused our planet and its people. And seeing as we are not prepared to stop anytime soon, and the contamination of our world progresses, we are in short beyond repair. They said the only way that we will save ourselves is to stop looking at our world from the third dimensional perspective, where everything is defined by time and space, believing that we are confined by the density of this reality, therefore slowing and limiting our ability to facilitate the change necessary to heal our world. 
it will require the effort of many who have been illuminated to access their fifth dimensional mindset where the power of belief and positive intention can bring thought into form almost instantaneously they will change the fabric of this reality for the greater good of all abolishing fear the power of healing light will be anchored by this potent group of people holding the vision and a colossal purification will take place lifting this planet and everyone on it to a higher dimension we simply decide to choose a better reality this is ascension after this massive healing and reset everyone will be fully integrated into a higher consciousness living in a state of love and oneness with all the ETs will then share with us all aspects of their more advanced way of living so we too may live more harmoniously with this new earth and each other they will offer energies and technologies that are sustainable to our world we will be given a greater system of education and be taught advanced forms of healing everyone will desire to live in spiritual harmony with all living things and we will inspire and lift one another rather than compete people will contribute to society by doing things that fulfill their spirit as it is in alignment with their greatest passions all technology spiritual practices medicine education and art will be in true alignment with the highest good of all things living it will be a bona fide golden age so this incredible revelation though hopeful and wonderful to consider had me wondering about the suffering that still must unfold to get us there is it necessary i asked for so many people to go through all that suffering before we get there no they said it can happen sooner as you sit you are now headed towards this deeply polarized reality where many will experience terrible hardships but if more of you awaken fast enough you can bypass that reality it takes a specific number of you to be open to receive this call to action for it to initiate so it is dependent on your own people to do what is necessary to get as many of you there as soon as possible there's no more important time than now to stay in alignment with the light to hold the higher vision to not be distraught by the charade of fear that is trying to blind you with hopelessness you must hold a positive intention in all that you do and remember that you are all very powerful creators the second you doubt this in yourself adds to creating more of a limited reality that you are already in for every kind act to any one person if it helps them feel even an atom less of despair or connects them to the feeling of unconditional love you will create a vibrational lift that ripples through the collective and enhances the opportunity for another person somewhere down the line to reach the full potential of their awakening it takes the effort of all to get you there this is how it can be done faster and that each of you must hold the responsibility in yourself to be mindful of your energy and projections the ability to exist heart-centered and empowered with love light and faith is what will ultimately save your planet as i processed this vision for the weeks after i was reminded of another vision i had about a year ago and wonder if what i saw was what it might be like at the exact moment that the healing light is injected into the earth in this vision i saw the earth as two one more in shadow and one more in light they were superimposed on top of each other so that it seemed as though both were coexisting but those who aligned with one form of the earth or the other would be having a totally different experience i saw a deepening of separation happening as the worlds were splitting apart and at the final moment before they detached from each other this light filled everything i observed it like a plasmic curtain of golden light and iridescent rainbow waves of cosmic energy undulating within it 
I was in awe as I looked around, and the spirits and beings that I had been perceiving through the veil for most of my life now looked fully embodied. I saw my spirit guides standing beside me, and angelic beings of light and ETs, as well as the other human beings who were like me, observing this grand separation of these two versions of earth, supported by their guides and angels too. We looked at each other as this wall of light came down, and we could see how it was affecting those who were still anchored to the more shadowy earth. There were people on the other side of this curtain who had enough opening in their spirits to be affected by this incredible light, and many of them were screaming in the streets. It was as though this light was forcing anything that they had not processed or learned within themselves to surface all at once. A man in front of me had fallen to his knees and clutching his head. He was wailing in horror and despair. When I focused on him, I could hear his thoughts and feel his pain. He was having a very intense life review within himself, and was so clearly aware of all the terrible things he had done and the scope of suffering that he had been subjected to. The level of shame, guilt, and pity he had in himself was unbearable. I could see flashes of the acts that he had committed on others and the abuses that he had endured rolling over his being as he processed the horrid truth of who he had become and how he got there. His heart cried out for mercy and forgiveness, and at the same time he felt unworthy to receive it. The desperation and anguish I saw in him was hard to watch, but I felt nothing but compassion, because I knew he was the product of his own wounds. I knew he had not been one of the fortunate ones, who were able to work through their karmic loads and liberate their souls towards the light. It was then that all the higher beings looked to us and said, There's not much time. Go and save as many as you can. And all of us crossed through this curtain and ran to these people who were facing their own darkness. We put our hands upon them, and in one focused thought we conveyed to them that they were already forgiven. And the shadows that kept them locked into their own madness lifted from them instantaneously, and they were able to stand and join those who were on the other, more illuminated earth. Eventually the two split, and those who were left behind stood in the wake of the shift, confused, realizing so many have disappeared, but having no awareness of what they've missed out on. Those who moved on with the new earth no longer held on to the memory of the old world. They did not even grieve it. They had been rebirthed anew. So there it is, my complete process and interpretation of this potential prophetic path, there for your consideration. Could it be a possibility in our lifetime? I guess we'll see. Until then, it would be no harm for us to spread the light in any way we can, and hold on to the faith that we will eventually get to a better reality, no matter what that path may be. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Blessings. And we are back. All right. I love that song. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it just kind of sends a shiver up my spine. Wake up, sleep, and giant, that kingdom come. So, um, you know, I just, I so love this uh, this message that uh, our Hawaii prophet uh, shared here. And, um, you know, but really, Nancy, it just, it, it moves me, it inspires me. Um, and, you know, as we know, it's a lot of material that we have heard in various versions over the years, but particularly this, you know, this last part where she's talking about this moment where there is this this split, you know, whether the, the two realities, the timelines the, begin to separate. 
of those who have you know moved into um, a higher frequency and, and those who are still stuck and that you know the light has come that this magical moment and this is what just blows my mind what triggers this magical moment an unknown specific number of awakened hearts think about that it's like an unknown specific number of awakened hearts on the planet that we have to try to get to and then when it happens there's going to be this brief window where the worlds are about to separate permanently and those of us who can do this work are told go back and save as many as you can and this you know crossing back over that frequency bridge as she described this you know this poor man in the streets and his grief and horror and despair and pity and believing he's unworthy but so you know longing for redemption to be able to communicate to them you're already forgiven come with us and that there are many who can at the last possible moment of the 11th hour you know make that transition and that's about as beautiful uh, a vision and as beautiful a, a life work and purpose as I can imagine and you know she says go and save there's not much time go and save as many as you can so anyway um, what what are you what are your thoughts what what do you want to share on this well, um, there's so much of what she said that, um, I mean, I just, there wasn't anything she said that I disagreed with. Let me put it to you that way. Her ability to articulate and to see it so clearly was uh, amazing. But as a personal message, um, back in 19, uh, well, I guess it was about 2000, 2001. I always forget exactly what the date was, about 2000. No, it was... A, yeah, it was 2000. <laughs> That's right, it was 2000. It was the uh, s December of 2000, Christmas. Pre-9-11. That's pre-9-11. Pre-9-11. Um, and what happened was that I was alone for the first time in my life on Christmas. And I'm not going to get into the details. People that have heard me before know this. Um, and, and the details are so metaphysical. I mean, it's just a totally metaphysical story. And one of the things that I bring to the table in this arena is that I can give you hardcore facts about from anything from quantum phys physics to ancient history. But at the same time, I can talk on metaphysics as a science, because to me it is. And so her, her ability to put together this, you know, very metaphysical, from a very metaphysical perspective with such clarity and not you know any hesitation as to what she was saying not I'm not going to hold back you know this is what happened um, and I, I have that same kind of thing I, I you know w we have to share the metaphysical experiences because otherwise how are other people going to share theirs everybody's having them it was just people don't talk about them don't, don't talk to yourself and don't talk about this woo woo stuff right so um, but I've told this story many times. I, my guides came to me and said, will you jump timelines? And I was like, uh, <laughs> what, what does this mean? I didn't even know there was such a thing as a timeline at that, that moment. <clears throat> and um, so it was like, I knew I didn't have a decision to make. Um, 
because it's sort of like they don't ask you something that you're not already prepared to say yes to. Right. Connect uh, in with your higher self in dreamland or something. Exactly. So, um, I, but I asked, the first question I said, would I, I said, um, you know, what's this about? Well, it was sort of like, well, you jump timelines and you get the picture of where you're going. You know, it, it's like, they didn't have to explain to me what they were saying. That just triggered a download into my head of what, what it was that they were, you know, pre presenting. And I said, will I win? And they said, yes. And the second question was, will I save everyone? And they hesitated, and then they said yes. So, everyone. huh? Everyone—that's a big word. That's a very big word. But see, that's why they hesitated because I, my question was so big and vague, you know. And that's why they hesitated because they don't want to flat out lie to you, but they listen to your question and they give you an exact answer for your question. Will I save everyone? Now, what I didn't ask, will I say save everyone that matters? Right. Because, well, be, because yeah. you, if you're going to save everyone, you're going to save all these dark souls, too. You know, you don't want to take them with you. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Leave them behind. So there's that aspect of it, that um, that whole story at the end where, you know, there's not much time, save as many as you can, was to me very emotional, very personal. Because yeah. I had come to the conclusion that, no, I'm not going to be able to save everyone. Uh, you know, right. not matters or anything. It's just, you know, I mean, it's like, no, you can't save everyone. But she gave me the, you know, the feeling that, yeah, they answered me correctly. The people that can do it, the ones that, you know, are still swimming, you can save them because they're still trying. You can't yeah. save the ones that aren't trying, that don't want it, they want the other life. So there's that aspect of, of this whole prophecy that she's presented. But the other thing, the question about the you know, the, the separation of the realities. <clears throat> yeah. This becomes very, very interesting because it's the whole saga of the Shungite, the Shungite bringing myself and Walt together. Shungai teaching us about the true powers of our... I mean, I, I, I would look at... I would imagine I was looking at the molecular configuration of something and I would tell Walt what I was seeing. And he would figure out a way of experimenting to prove whether I was seeing true or not. Okay? So oh. to just bring... And it was Shungai that brought us together like that. But because we were doing these kind of... Um, the same thing we're doing right now is we have these weird conversations about anything and everything, and it influences the collective uh, mentality of the, the humanity. So we understood that's what we were doing. And it's easier to manipulate <clears throat> somebody's subconscious by subliminally making changes that they're not aware of. And that's what we try to do here is we try to bring in a different concept of reality and perspective into the into play. So we back in 2014, the end of 2014, um, Walt said to me, why are we trying to change this reality that's working perfectly well? It's worked, it works to control us. Why are we trying to change that? And he said, Buckminster Fuller says that just build a new reality that is so much better that they want to go to your new reality. 
You know, don't try to change the old one. So we said, okay, I said, okay, so let's do this, you know. I said, here's a piece of turp, and it looks like it's vacant. Nobody's claiming it. Anybody out there in the universe claiming this piece of turp? No, okay. So let's build a new reality. And I said, we'll just do this by building a superstructure of energies that we want in the new reality. Instead of going there and trying to figure out what we want, let's just build, put the energies into that new reality that we want. So for yeah. the next, I don't know, it was probably five months, he would, um, like the first one we put in there was the pink rose because that's the energy of um, safety, security, protection. Okay, and we wanted our, our, we wanted this protection. You know, we're not going to run into all this BS what we ran into because we weren't protecting ourselves. This stuff out there we don't want inter interfering with us. So that was the first one we put in. Now, a long story, very intricate story. It's all in the archives. You can listen to it as it happened. Um, go to CosmicReality.com and you go to the archives button and you're going to see a drop down list go all the way to the bottom that says pre 217 uh 2017 and you'll get the old stories and you know someday i'm going to take all those put them in a transcript and put a book out called cosmic reality chronicles so but what what, what would happen is he would make a, a shungite device that was holding a frequency like in this case the pink rose and he would send it to me then I was working with a, a radionics machine, which is um, uh, something that anybody who has been in this business for long enough knows. It's a device that allows you to essentially transfer energies, focused energies. Uh, it's, it's based on radionics. So I was working this thing, and a crystal computer that I had been building for years, I didn't even realize what it was. So it was this integral connection of how to get the energy of that sp spiral into the new reality but the key to the new reality was this thing called the cube and he he would he would all of a sudden get this thing in his head and he'd have to make it he didn't know what it was he'd send it to me i'd get it i'd sit with it for sometimes a while and sometimes it would just like oh my god <laughs> and i'd get a download like an operator's manual of these different devices and the cube that he sent me was like over 10 pounds of resin. It had six shungite spirals in it. It was so powerful that when it went into full operation, nobody could take a picture of it because the camera couldn't focus on it. It was fuzzy. You know, we we're all looking through the cameras and our phones were going, no, you can't see it. It's, it's big. And I, because I could see it with my eyes, I said, does anybody see this phasing in and out? And they're going, yes. And so that's when we started looking through the, through the camera and the phones to see, will it give us a, a, a solid picture? And uh, no, no, it wouldn't when it went, went into full cycle. Um, we did get a picture of it much later. It's still fuzzy, but it was in a much uh, decreased power outage that it was doing. So for, from that time on, Okay, this, this new reality, which has got all these energies into it. It was very much, I, I, I would see it like a ship. Okay, and I could see us separating from the other ship. But for a long time, we were tethered like there was ropes between us. 
and so when that one would go up we'd be you know being for it, it was just it was and we're still in it but one by one these these ropes have been cut so it's not like looking at the world in my case it's like looking at two ships separating and yeah you know there's there's all sorts of uh stories i could tell about seeing the, this in 3d metaphysical time frame or, or sense you know uh pathway to see, to seeing um doubles of people energetically doubles of people because some of them are locked into the other ship but their higher self is wanting to come to the new ship and it's very interesting it's very, and that's why it, I got to the point where I'm going like I don't think we could save everybody because some some of these people they're just really locked into that old ship they can't leave it so from a standpoint of my own personal um, experience with listening to her, and this is the second time I've done it, um, it's, it's very impressive, and I hope other people are, you know, getting messaging that goes beyond what the what the group thought we heard. You're muted. Are you there? I am here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you have anything to say? Michael, are you there? Well, this is here. I am. Sorry, I I I unmuted myself and then uh, I just unmuted, muted, unmuted, muted, and it was <laughs> okay. muted, and now I'm unmuted because you're hearing me, right? Yes, I'm hearing you. You're unmuted. Okay. <clears throat> okay, all good. Yeah, this um, the separation. You know, I, I've always had trouble with it because, okay, I'm this, you know, spiritual guy, right, as best I can, and a uh, metaphysical guy, a Templar guy, a sacred activism guy, et cetera, et cetera, and here I am on Radio 5G with you. And, you know, and I need, I need to see it, touch it, feel it. I'm like, you know, the show me state. I'm from Missouri. I'm not really. I'm from Oak Park, Illinois, but it's like. Okay, I want to see, can somebody just take me to the New Earth just for a night, just for like an hour-long sweet dream where I experience like, oh, okay, there really is a New Earth star, and it really is going to happen, and we really are going to separate, there's going to be this magical moment, and, you know, and I have to sort of just take it on faith, and when I say faith, I mean by that, because, you know, different kinds of definitions of that word, you know, a a well-informed um attitude of proceeding forward choosing to to move ahead with doubt in the air but having had enough evidence 3d evidence blended with my intuition blended with my desire to be of service to say okay i'm going with this you know and then there's a certain point it transforms. There's a magical moment where it transforms in, into absolute, intuitive, full-bodied knowledge, and that's the base from which healings are possible, from which miraculous healing power can flow through us. Because, like Christ says, you know, your, your faith has made you whole, right? So, so you know, when I listen to this, this prophecy, to me, you know, landed in terms of its timing. For me 
with recent experiences I've had where it's saying, okay, I'm turning a corner with this new earth idea, with this ascension idea. I mean, so much of the work I do is predicated on the, the assumption that something like ascension is coming our way. And yet, you know, I'm always trying to maintain that journalistic objectivity of saying, well, you know, yes, this appears plausible. Uh, there's coherent, you know, evidence dovetailing that it appears possible, you know, the DNA, uh, junk DNA may be lighter. You know, but at the same time, you know, not wanting to just surrender my intellect without, um, you know, saying, okay, where's the proof? Where's the proof? Well, at this point, for me, it's about I've got enough proof to continue doing my life's work of feeling that I'm called on to try to, you know, hold your frequency high. First of all, job one, hold our own frequencies high, you know, associate with, with others of high frequency, you know, organic food, don't get the shots, you know, stay out of, of divisive fights with people who aren't going to wake up all these things you know that we need to do keep your frequency high then share the story you know share the story with as many people as can wake up and when that magical number gets hit of awakened souls whatever it is that triggers the light infusion that's the trigger for the light infusion is a specific number. She doesn't say what it is. Is it 10 million? Is it half of humanity? Is it 10%? I don't know. But when that gets triggered, you know, that then, as she describes at the end here, the job is going to be, all right, the worlds are separating. The window is closing. There are souls on the other side who are so close to waking up in time but they need your help and they need to feel that focused ray of compassion from your soul to theirs that says you are forgiven you are worthy come with us you know and and that's that's enormously moving to me i'm just owning it now uh i'm not putting my you know questioning mind aside i'm just saying i'm going for this this is too beautiful and inspiring uh <laughs> it aligns with everything I'm going well, she, she she said that I'd rather believe in this than, than be lost in the fear and paranoia. Um, as far as the the empirical truth of things, okay. Again, she references that it, it it's so difficult for people to take the, take a jump into the truly magical mystical world of metaphysics and. If you do, you have to be careful because people around you are thinking you're crazy. Okay, so you've, you've, you've got that weird area where metaphysics has got so much proof in it. People believe in Jesus. Well, he was a metaphysical marvel, you know, but they want to separate what Jesus did from what we can do. And he said, you're going to do more than I do. I mean, it's just that simple. So, when, at one point, um, there was a, a die-off of some species, I don't even remember which one it was, because everything was dying off on the planet, and I really got extremely depressed and, and 
overwhelmed by this and so i'm i'm basically screaming at gaia <laughs> why are you letting this happen this is terrible and she said oh oh you know not a problem and i said like what do you mean there's not a problem and she said there's a new reality and all those species that are going from this reality are going to the new reality Essentially, every every conceivable life form that's ever been on the planet is on the new, in the new reality. And I was like, oh, oh well, okay, that kind of way works for me, you know. And so now I I got over this because it was very debilitating to have that much sorrow about the loss of some natural thing, you know. So for me, so and then, so a little bit after that, you know, a few days, maybe a week or so, Gene Rockefeller. She calls me up and she says, I got to tell you, I just had the strangest thing happen to me. She said she found herself, because she's a, a, does remote, she's an amazing person. But she, she said, I found myself in a world where there were all these animals and all these plants that I've never seen before. And I went, oh my God, you've been to the new earth. And she said, is that what it was? And I said, yeah, everything that was is there. And she was like, well, there was a lot of stuff we never saw. She was like, you can't believe what's there in the new one. Now, that in metaphysical terms is empirical proof. If I do something and I don't tell anybody about it, but then somebody else comes and confirms it, you have to accept that that within the metaphysical is empirical proof. Because the, the metaphysical is merging the concept of the 3D reality to the higher dimensions. And that's why when she was talking about that etheric ship she was seeing, you know, you know the one that was right over was a big... And when, right. did, a foot, when did a football field become a standard measurement? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know but it was a football field long. Uh, so, you know... You got you got this thing, and she said that she, her clairvoyance was able to see this, um, because it's an etheric. See, once you begin to really understand the the aspects of metaphysics, it's yeah you got the three D frequencies, but you have all these other frequencies at which all the magic is really happening, and a lot of these uh, let's say off worlders are have a th it's in the etheric frequencies so uh, you can you can perceive them if you can make those adjustments like a radio you know you'll right. see them you'll sense them i mean right over this property ever since i became attuned to this there isn't a, a spacecraft protecting this property but you you wouldn't see it it's etheric unless you're in an etheric state and i was I, doing a it, meditative it, thing huh Nancy, I, I like to think of that spaceship, that trans-dimensional spaceship over your house. I I like to think of that as, as Nancy Hopkins, Harley Davidson. She's got parked at the curb. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's people I, in it. <laughs> dream time, in dream time, you know, you like, you get in it and you go off to this galaxy or that. And then, you know, you're back in the morning to do your work. I don't know, that's my little uh, version of it. Well, I, I'm I'm pretty that's pretty accurate as to how i i see myself because when i go to sleep i don't wake up remembering dreams if i remember something it's a message otherwise i just go to sleep i wake up i, I no dreaming yeah you know um 
but I know that when I go to sleep, this body is needing to replenish, but I'm very active in another state, another person. Right. And I do very often um, get glimpses of being on a huge ship. Huge. Mm. Um, so uh. it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's not accurate. The one that's above me is not that big. It's small. It's two, two people most of the time. Uh, Sometimes it's not automatic. But when something's interesting, they'll, they'll, you know, somebody will show up in the ship. Yeah. Well, you know, this vision of the separation of worlds um, reminds me, you know, that our prophet in Hawaii here, she tells us that the earth is being prepared, humanity is being prepared by certain storytellers, you know, presumably in media, and the ones whose stories are not completely compromised by the agenda because you know there's a system and not very hidden system in the entertainment industry which green lights agenda storylines and keeps you know raising the light frequency storylines out so why we get all these end of the world you know um, stories that just continue to bombard you um, but well Michael, we just lost you. Okay, sorry about that. So, um, yeah, so there's this movie 2012, right? And it's very similar in certain aspects of it. it in my mind, it might be one of these storylines that, you know, some light workers or incarnated off-planet beings are trying to prepare our consciousness. Do you remember that movie, 2012? Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know... Uh, you've got Woody Harrelson as, you know, the wild-eyed guy in the mountains who goes, you know, they're going to come, and there's, this is, there's this wave that's going to hit us, and it's going to, you know, and and then John Cusack is like, yeah, but I'm trying to save my kids, and there's this plane we're supposed to get on. So the storyline is there's a secret group of billionaires on the planet who know what's coming, and they've built massive ships so that when the, the seas, you know, when that crap hits the fan and, the, you know, there's massive earthquakes and volcanoes everywhere – and then it's, here come the huge tsunamis and this water level is going to rise to like the level of the Himalayas. They've got enormous ships they've built, which are stationed in the Himalayas, you know, at 29,000 feet, which when the crap hits the fan, you know, they're all going to get on board these ships, right? So little old John Cusack is a limo driver, wannabe writer. He ends up with some Russian oligarch and they end up by the end of the movie, you know, they're they manage to get on one of these ships and then you see the cataclysm right it all it's all coming and it all happens and there are all these people who have found out that there are these ships that they might be able to get on but hey i'm sorry you didn't pay your 10 million dollar fee you know you didn't ante up you're not part of the elite and we're having to push off because here it comes here comes the tsunami and, you know, we're in a gorge below Mount Everest, but here comes the huge tsunami, right? And there are these people on the edge of the docking place as the ship is taking off who are pleading and begging, please don't leave us. Please don't leave us behind. And they are 
pushing the ship off. And then there's this fight on board the ship between those who are saying, we can't go back. If we go back for those people, we could put our whole survival chance at risk. And then there's, there's some others who are saying, if we begin this way, if we begin the new chapter of humanity this way, by leaving these people behind, we will poison our own future by this act of complete ruthless selfishness. We cannot do this. We have to go back. We have to take this chance and rescue these people. And it, you know, this is what this is this is the storyline we're in here now, you know? And it's like we've got to we've got to tell the story first of all. Keep our frequency high. Tell the story, you know, to get that number, magic number of awakened hearts. And then when push comes to shove, save as many as we can. That's, the, that's Revelations. Um, very, okay. In Revelations, and I, I honestly think it might have been a Mandela effect that they've changed the last paragraph. But decades ago, I long story again, metaphysical type of story. But um, I was studying the Bible, and I was studying Revelations in particular, and it got down to the concept of what, what, what's all this about? What's all this about? And I was in the process of researching the Bible. Now, I started with Genesis, and of course, you start at the beginning, and I'm going through, and everybody's begotten everybody else, and it was like, this is ridiculous. This is so damn boring. But I remembered something that I had been taught as a writer, and I figured God probably knew the same lesson. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them it, and then tell them what you told them. So I looked at Genesis, read Genesis, the Garden of Eden. They get thrown out of the Garden of Eden, and God says to them, you know, now that you have taken from the tree of knowledge, you have to experience the tree of life. And boom, all of a sudden you got all these words in this huge book of the Bible. And then so I went to Revelations. What, did, what was it that he said? Okay. Assuming it's God behind the, the writing. And I go through the whole thing, and I'm going like, yeah, but what, 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 what's, what's the end here? You know, let's, let's just focus on what's, what's the end here. And so I kind of like skip around. I, got, I mean, I read it through it once, and then I went back, and I said, no, 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 this, this other stuff doesn't matter. What are they saying to us? And so they start talking about, you know, this wonderful new city of Jerusalem, and everything's going to be so wonderful, and blah, 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 blah. But the last paragraph, the last paragraph in the St. John's, um, St. James uh, uh, translation of the Bible, it said, I'm not saying it says it now because Mandela effect is screwed with revelations unbelievably, but what it said was that all of this bad stuff is going to happen, but you don't have to be here if you're one of the chosen ones. So I got a problem with the chosen ones. So what, what, who chooses? Who's making the choice here? Okay. But then it goes on and it says, if you, are, if you reach back to help your brother, to help the, the poor, the, the, the evil one, you know, if you reach back, you will be taken out 
of the book of life. Okay, so you had to experience the tree of life. What's life all about? You just took the tree of knowledge thing. You got because what did the devil say to 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 Eve? No, God doesn't want you to take from the tree of knowledge because then you would be like God's and know the difference between good and evil. So you go through the whole scenario and you get to the end. And what do they say? If you reach back for your brother, you will be taken out of the book of life. Wait, is that in Revelations or is that Lot, like turning that's, back? That, no, that's Revelations. It's the last paragraph in Revelations, which means that the, the trick here is that if, if you don't reach back, then you don't know the difference between good and evil. Evil is not reaching back. Good is saying, no, we're in this together. Come on with me. And taking the chance that by doing this, you're going to be written out of the book of life. You want to be written out of the book of life. You want to get back to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> so it was, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, it's, exa I, yeah. it's exactly what she was saying. You know, what I felt when I said, can we save them all? It's this concept of good and evil. What's good and what's evil? Good well, person is the one that'll reach back and try to save at the threat of their own existence to, to save their brother. Yeah, greater love hath no man than this than he give up his life for his friend. And, and how many people? How many people does it take to make this change fast? Like she was talking about, and you questioned. Yes. Okay. All right. Many? Okay. When two or more of you come together under my name. Boom. Right. Only, it'll only take two. Well, that's why that's one wasn't enough. She's but talking about a frequency thing with the planet where the collective consciousness has reached a tipping point, right? It where only takes I two. The, the light infusion. It only takes two. Technically, it would only take one because it's, it's this one person representing humanity that sees, sees how it is and puts the the focus out there nobody else is there to stop them in reality it's what you think it is the more people that's why it's so critical to get this feeling of no what is really true is the woo woo world and to start living it and that's yep. when you see all of this happen it's that's not what, that it, it's not yeah. that you you put it, put it out there and all of a sudden it happens. No, you start acting that way and cause it to happen because you're focused on acting that way. You know, we're yeah. all actors in a play, and right now the play is demanding that we get really woo woo here, and we we consider that we have the powers, all the powers that anybody has ever needed to be somebody super like Jesus. Jesus right. had those powers. He demonstrated them. We all have them. He told us that. Yeah. And Jesus yeah. is not the only one. There are many, many other versions of these totally enlightened, peop enlightened people that come here to act as witnesses to the fact that it can happen. And why do we think that, well, it, it only happened to Jesus? Well, well he, he was the first, maybe, or not the first, but he was one. So why do you think it can't happen more? Because they have continually kept us in that that place that she talks about you're not good enough you're not good enough yes we are indeed right, well, we are oh nancy that yeah i hope you're right that it only takes two of us because that means you and me have just saved the planet congratulations yep. we did it yep. here comes the light maybe 
Maybe because you still got doubts. I don't, but you still do. But there's some other people out there that have gotten taken the ride with us. Yeah, and that's that you know, and it and it and it's just when you get the three, you've got it locked in. It's the three, six, nine thing. You and me you and my, my sister Sarah, we we've got it. But I like you know that um, come come on board the woo woo world. Now I know what www dot whatever stands for. It's the woo woo world. Yep, <laughs> the worldwide woo woos. But um, I, I do just want to touch on something briefly here. It's another major piece that um, supports and validates what what our prophet in Hawaii is telling us here. Um, there were some apparitions of um, Mother Mary that took place in Garabando in Spain in 1961 to 64, and I recently just you know learned um, about this in depth. And um, the message from Mother Mary was, you know, very consistent with what the apparitions at Fatima in 1917 and in, at Lourdes in France around 1850. You know, it's turn to God and, um, you know, and, and pray and purify your hearts. Well, at Garabandal in Spain, it was very much that there, there is um, chastisement coming. There is... You know, a great disaster will befall the earth, and it can be prevented if you turn to God, if you pray and fast and pray the rosary. So to me, this is the universal Divine Mother coming through the channel for this Catholic context in Spain in 1961 of the Virgin Mary, who, as a soul, you know, I, I happen to believe was so pure that she had actually become a, a perfect channel for for the divine feminine. Um, but it was the same message. She said, there is a chastisement coming and there is a miracle. There is a miracle of light that everyone on the planet will feel and that will reveal our souls, the state of our souls, and we need to awaken. And there were many miracles associated with these appearances. Four, small, four children on a little hilltop in a small town in northern Spain. She appeared more than a thousand times over those, those three years in every house in the village. And when the children were in ecstasy beholding her, two strong men could not lift a 10-year-old girl with all their might. They couldn't so much as budge her arm when she was in ecstasy communing with the Blessed Mother. And so the, you know, the, the correspondence of this vision, now the reason most people have not heard about Garibaldo, the reason the Catholic Church did not do an authentic investigation and validate the appearances, was that one of her messages to the oldest girl, she said, give this message in front of the church, to the town, to everyone. This message is, I ask that you pray for the souls of the cardinals, the bishops, and the priests who are on the road to perdition and are taking thousands of souls with them. So imagine, you know, for a pious Catholic girl, 14 years old, in Spain in 1961, when priests are revered as saints and, you know, Spanish Civil War is still fresh in memory when a lot of priests were martyred in the, in the war, being told that the priests, the cardinals, and the bishops are on the road to hell, and they're taking thousands of souls with them, and you need to pray for them. Well, 
here in 2021, this looks like the Virgin Mary revealing the existence of the pedophile network in the church. I mean, you know, it's it's very persuasive. So, of course, church isn't going to validate this message. Not hardly, right? But the the message of the light, the miracle, the chastisement that will come, but that can be avoided. And it goes into detail. Um, and moreover, she, the last message she said was that there would be only four more popes and that the last one would not be of the Holy Spirit and that the Catholic Church would essentially cease to exist. So anyway, it's, it's, it's one more. I've had some personal experiences of the validity of this lately, which I'll share in another, another time. I know we're getting to the end of our time. Well, we, yeah, we only get like one minute here. Yeah, so, um, well, I, I find this among the, the, the best and most inspiring things we've shared here. Um, I want to just give a brief plug. Um, there's a book coming. It's called Templar Return, a memoir of hidden gold, the rising goddess, and the restoration of chivalry. It's by a guy named uh, Michael Henry Dunn, and uh, I will be uh, sharing it with you soon. It's, it covers a lot of our whole story here. Just thought I'd give that plug. Good for you. Save goodbye. Yeah, goodbye, everybody. Radio 5G is a joint project of CosmicReality.com and the Sacred Academy of Geoenergetics. Signing off. God bless us, everyone. See you next time, folks. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.